Let me tell you about my hometown, Esteli, Nicaragua. The city of Esteli is a world full of colors that match the spirit of my people. The walls of Esteli are brightly painted with colorful graffiti, and the humble homes are close together like our tight-knit community. This was captured by Dope Diaz and Soul Culture Studios, and now is display on this beautiful vase. Nica Rustica brand featured El Brujito, the official symbol of the city of Esteli. El Brujito is a petroglyph that was found in a rock over 6,000 years ago, and it is a symbol of pride for every Esteliano. Nica Rustica Dove is a unique, unpolished Habano experience, and we are super excited for you to try it. Nica Rustica Dove, from our house to yours. Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey <laughs> continues. What's That's up, Dojo Nation? That's not Randy Griggs. Welcome to another We're episode of Flavor looking. Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. Here's our co-host, Randy oh. Griggs. Hey. Yeah, it's hard, right? I, I always I always look at where you are on my screen and I point to the opposite side. Yeah. Over my head for some reason. I don't know why I've adopted that, but uh, I do that at the beginning of every show. Uh Master Sensei, yes. thank you for uh, for joining. No uh, I no am glad to be Randy here, Griggs. Robbie. I am at your beck and call. Whatever you desire tonight, <laughs> I will be there for you. Like Florida Lee, whatever you desire. <laughs> yeah. Um something like that. That's uh, what, what movie is that? That's uh, uh, somebody knows. Ooh, somebody knows what movie sneak it is. Peek teasers, no teasers. Oop, sorry, no, we, we don't tease. we don't tease. Even though the whole this whole show, this whole episode has been a big tease. Um, <laughs> L.A. Confidential, L.A. Confidential. That's the never totally thing. Oh, it's a good movie. Highly yeah. recommend it. That's yeah. uh, that's uh, Russell Crowe, and uh, before he became a really good actor. Wow. And, but then became a really bad actor. So it's kind of interesting. Right. Um, good movie. But that's, that's not true. why we're here today, no. Eric. Uh, we are, uh, we've got no Randy today. Randy is on assignment. As I always say, I can't tell you where he is. That's uh, just as much for your protection as it is for his. Yeah, classified information in the uh, secret government documents. Uh, so we are going to put, uh, put a pin, take a pause from our beer trends segment. Uh, because, I mean, frankly, we were going to talk about we were going to talk about kettle sours today, right? And uh, Randy knows all about the kettle sour. I I'm familiar with the kettle sour. I know the process. Uh, but let's be honest, it's really kind of fun when Randy goes on like a 15 minute tirade about uh, you mm-hmm. know whatever the beer style may be, <laughs> right. and and I just can't do it. I can't do it justice. So we decided to put that on pause, and we figured we'll have Master Sensei sit in, and um, we will do a wild card. And this is a fun little episode. Uh, we are going to be slaying some unicorns today uh, in, uh, 
slay in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, go ahead, hit that share button if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Look at that, that graphic I made. Yeah, <laughs> you, just, you just drew that. Like you just, just drew just, it freehand. That's amazing. Dude, that is the angriest Whew. unicorn. unicorn. I, I put in uh, in the prompt uh, demon unicorn. Ooh, Ooh I like yeah, that. I, I, like I that. tried one where he had a laser for a horn. Didn't work out. Mm. Sorry. That yeah. looks like if Lucifer from DIA mm. and yes. Unicorn had a yes. love child. That's <laughs> what I imagine it would look like. That's that's a good thought, Scotty. Uh, by well, the way, if, welcome uh, into our uh, studio audience. We got Matt and Scotty in the house. Matt Trinity Cigar up, Lounge, Dojo? greatest uh, mobile lounge east of the Saturn uh, Rings, and then we've mm-hmm. got Matt in the house. Matt's back from his ginormous uh trip back east to buffalo and florida matt hold on just real quick how many hours matt did you drive in that entire trip Ooh. Uh, it had to be at least so it was 30 to get to buffalo with breaks and stuff and 33 to get back home and 20 in between so at least 80 hours. Oh, my God. You're a nut. He's a nut. Some of it was pretty fun. But we're glad to have you back, Maddie. Glad to be back. We're glad to have you back. All right, Robbie. So why, what are we getting? You know what, Rob? Here's the thing, Rob. You, All of us, I think everybody watching this show on Facebook and YouTube, we have these cigars in our humidor, right? There's these cigars that you kind of set aside, and you're like, I'm going to s- smoke that on a special occasion, or maybe I want to... I want to just have that in my humidor for a while because it's rare and it, 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 you know, it, it's not in production anymore. And you never find a good time, Rob, to, to the smoke time, these. The occasion never lives up to the expectation. It, like, well, it, it, yeah. The, the occasion like, never presents itself. Right. Really. Right. So it's fun because we've had, we've had yeah. this show before, right, where we're like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's set aside a night. Um, to, to to kill some of these unicorns because after all, Rob, cigars are meant to be smoked. That's, if you got them, that's true. That's uh, that's yeah, smoke them if you got them, as they say. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they are meant to be smoked, and you're right. It's and I think we all do this. I mean, I do this with uh, with whiskey also, which I'll will be pretty obvious once I start sharing what I'm drinking tonight. But we pick up these things, and it's like, oh, this is you know, you, you get it, you find it. Uh, yeah. That's the dream, right? You you find the honey hole. You find this random little cigar shop in the middle of nowhere that nobody ever goes to, and it's got this, uh, you know, this epic collection of, uh, you know, original Tatuaje monsters for you know retail, and they're just sitting there, and nobody's buying them. Um, and you know, some people find that thing. I've never found it, but uh, oh, it sounded from, like you were telling understand. the story that happened to you. Oh no, I I, I wish I wish. No, sure. um, I've heard stories like that. That place doesn't exist, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's true, but um, yeah, it's like we we save these things, and then it's it never seems like the right time, right? You know, it's a it's just it could just be a beautiful day, and you're gonna go sit out on the patio, and you know you've got some time to yourself. It's like oh, maybe I should smoke something really good, and you're like, no, I'm gonna smoke this one. That's like <laughs> I've smoked this a couple of times. I'll save that for later. And then the next thing you know, you've had this cigar for twelve years or however long you've had it. And uh, like this cigar that I've had, uh, that I'm smoking tonight, I've had forever. So I'm glad that, uh, Eric, you came up with this idea to do this show um, because it's going to be a lot of fun and we get to smoke some some really good stuff. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, so looking forward to it. Uh, again, if you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and hit that share button. Appreciate that. Yeah. If you're watching on the YouTubes, uh, subscribe, uh, smash that like button, um, and click, uh, what's the little bell? That's like, that means you're going to get a notification, notification when you get, uh, when yeah. we post new content. Now, Robbie, Beautiful. um, normally we ask our audience to do hashtag pairing with their pairing that they're doing, but we thought tonight, um, Really, the pairing um, is important, and we're going to talk a lot about our pairings because I know you have a good one, and, and we have one that we think is good here in the studio. But really, what we're mainly interested in tonight is your cigar. So if you have uh, pulled out a unicorn, and we're going to talk about exactly what a unicorn is um, in a minute here. But if you have a unicorn throughout the show, if you want to um, share the unicorn that you are of, of picked tonight and that you're smoking tonight, use hashtag unicorn and post the unicorn that you're smoking and then maybe some a couple quick thoughts about that unicorn. And at the end of the show, um, or actually throughout the show maybe, um, yeah. we'll talk about some of those audience uh, unicorns as as we go along, Rob. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, give us, uh, tell us what you're smoking. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about the experience, what you're having, if you've if you just lit it up or whatever, and let us know like why is it special to you? Did you, yeah. you know, did your buddy give it to you, or you know, was it, you know, whatever? What was the what what makes this cigar special? How did you get it? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about some of those throughout the show. Um, I think we should just get started. Tell everybody because yeah. I want to fire this cigar up. Too, I haven't yeah, lit my cigar up yet. Um, so, Eric, why don't you kick us off? Let everybody know what you're smoking. All right. And, um, uh, so here's there. the deal. Both of my cigars. I, I have two cigars because they're actually both small, and I'm uh, assuming that these are going to go relatively quickly. Um, but, Rob, both of my cigars I picked tonight are cigars that were the thing in 2012 when we started the dojo. And um, I mean, these were the ones that you, that every, all the guys, Jaylip, I mean, all the old school um, dojo guys are gonna remember this, Jaylip and Meat Finger and all those old school dojo guys. Uh, the first one I'm gonna start off with tonight, Rob, um, is the La Polina Goldie Number Two. Ooh. Look at that. Yeah, now the La Polina Goldie Number man. Two is sort of thought of as it's the Goldie that you want. Now, they did re-release this in 2022, but this is the 2012 version. It's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapped cigar. The binder is Ecuadorian. The fillers are Nicaragua and Dominican. It's a 6x38 Petite Lancero, and this thing is, is the original, Rob, is as rare as hen's balls. I mean, getting one of these, even back, Jordan, <laughs> even back in oh, yeah. even back in 2012, um, these were hard to get. Are you sure guess. it's 2012? I thought it was. No, these are 2012. I thought it was before 2012. No. Because that's the first one, right? Yeah. I thought in 2012 the number five came out. Well, like I looked wrong. it up today and it said 2012. Uh -huh. So that's what I'm going with. So I'm cutting I'm this. I'm still stuck on as rare as hen's balls. Yeah. That was amazing. Very rare. <laughs> Those were impossible to get even when they came out. These, yeah. So this, hen's balls? I remember. So, I, yes. Hen's balls. <laughs> I, they were impossible to get. I have. It's amazing how well that worked. You said they were impossible yeah. to get even when they came out. Yeah. I, I have uh, four of these. Perfectly. And Rob, I have four of these. I've got two of them left. And this, so now I'm down to three as soon as I light this, Rob. Uh, Jordan, let's go to you real quick. What do you got? Uh, I also went with the Dojo uh, Inception Year 2012. I went. Uh, I saw Mike Harvey's doing the same thing. Uh, Tatuaje TAA 2012. 
Uh, mm. I think th- this series did start in 2011, right, Robbie? This is the second uh, release. That is the second. I think the first one was either 2010 or 2011. Yeah. Loose band. I think it was, yeah. <clears throat> all the signs, oh. of, all the, the the dark yellow band. It's got all the signs of 11 years of age. Here we yeah, go. That, the, 20, the 2012, that is uh, when you get into the uh, the Tatuaje fanboys. That's That's a big one. Now, before we get to Robbie, uh, let's quick go to our studio audience. Uh, Maddie, I know you've got a unicorn. What are you going to kill tonight? I've got a Dojo Davidoff. And oh, not only is it a beautiful. unicorn, it's my last one. Oh, it's oh, a perfect double night. unicorn. It's a, it's a perfect night to smoke it. Good job, Maddie. Uh, Scotty, what do you got going tonight? So I had to dig deep because I have seized the day since my health scare last fall. And I have been smoking my unicorns on a regular basis. So I had to dig deep for this one just to find something unicornish. So I am smoking the Camacho Liberty Series 2020. All right. There you go. Uh, Robbie, everybody wants to know. What do you got? What do you got? I I dug uh, and actually turns out that I wrote about this cigar on uh, Cigar Dojo a couple of years ago uh, and totally forgot. Because uh, I think I wrote that story pre-COVID, Jordan. Um, that was just before the Super Bowl. Dang. Uh, I am smoking a Fuente Fuente Opus there X you go. Phantom Lancero. Look at that. It's beautiful. That, uh, that, yeah, this is a good-looking cigar. And then it's kind of we're getting a little reflections. But this is just clipped the cap. It had a little uh, pigtail cap on it. Uh, just clipped this one. I've had this cigar in my possession Oh boy, probably since like 2011 ish. And uh, I got it from a, a, another member of the cigar media randomly in a, in a trade. I had these, and I don't remember who made them, but they were these 007 uh, cigars that were really hard to find. I'll have to see if I still have one. Um, I feel like they might have been Cohibas, but I'm not really sure. It was, a, it was an American brand. And. <clears throat> It was one of those instances, Jordan, where this guy that I knew through uh, through a cigar form or something um, had this shop that had a bunch of these like just really old uh, cigars, 007 cigars, and they were Connecticut wrapped. They they weren't really very good because they were kind of past their prime, and this was you know eleven years ago, twelve, thirteen years ago. Um, but uh, anyway, I had some of those, and this other member of the media reached out to me. He was like, hey, I want to review those. Do you have a couple that you could trade me? And I said, sure. And he's like, well, what do you want in return? And this was, I was still kind of getting, I was still pretty new with cigars. Uh, I said, I don't know, whatever you think is is right. And he's like, well, I've got these, these uh, Opus X Phantom Lanceros, and I'll send you one of those. I was like, okay, cool. I didn't even know what the hell it was. Uh, it was the first Opus. This is the first Opus X I've ever, was, I ever had my hands on. Uh, Dang. And so I must have been like 2011, 2012 that I got this. This cigar was actually released as part of the um, the Forbidden X DVD that came out in 20 or 2002. Mm. So this was it's they don't really know how many of these were made. I'm, I'm looking at a review here on Half Wheel, which might tell you which uh, <laughs> media that I got this from. Um it's uh, it's they're they're not really sure the exact number of phantoms that were made. Uh, he ventured a guess of around fifty thousand with the first release starting in two thousand two. Uh, this particular um, uh, this particular cigar came with the Forbidden X uh, DVD release DVD, not Blu-ray DVD, 
uh, and was released in 2002. So this is among the same batch that was mm-hmm. uh, reviewed uh, for this uh, this cigar review, which was posted posted in 2011. So I think that's right around the time that I got it. So <clears throat> to say that uh, this is well aged mm-hmm. uh, would be uh, would be an understatement. Uh, 2002. This uh, cigar came out the year before I met my wife. Wow. So I was still in, I was still in college when this came out. So um, there was that's there was no a unicorn Facebook. right there. Yeah, it was old school. Old school. So we'll see. Hopefully it uh, doesn't just disintegrate when I light it, um, <laughs> and uh, and we'll have something to talk about, you know, during the show. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get this now. While while Robbie uh, cuts and lights that Jordan, um, we'll go ahead and talk about our pairing uh, here in studio, Dojo headquarters, because we also decided to pair it with a unicorn. Um, and Jordan, you want to talk a little bit about the unicorn that we are going to pair with? With the Firestone uh, Anniversary Series, uh, their 20th anniversary series was in 2016. I remember you uh, gave us me uh, for Christmas that year. Uh, and I pulled up, a, the first thing I pulled up on it was a, a site that's selling them for $150 now. I think wow. back in the day, they're probably like 20 mm. bucks. But anyways, they, they whenever you get these things, they give you like a, a scroll about it and I'm not going to do a Randy style, you know, thing on you guys, but the, uh, only if you do it in a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> on the site, they give like a, a quicker synopsis. It's 40% Parabola, 20% Sticky Monkey, 17.5% Velvet Merkin, 12.5% Bravo, 10% Heldorado, aged in over 260 oak barrels. Debuted in mm. November, 2016. Now I will say right off the top, <clears throat> if you smell this beer, it smells exactly like soy sauce. You like, think? I think like stewed fruit. Stoy- no, no, that's wrong. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. I see the soy sauce. Very, <clears throat> soy very sauce. pungent, yeah. Very pungent. Um, so all of us here in the studio are doing that Firestone Walker, which is a unicorn of unicorns. Um, so we've got double, double unicorn going on. Robbie, what did you decide to uh, drink tonight? And there's no rules. We're not even going to vote against each other, so it doesn't really matter. You, yeah, we didn't say it ha- the drink had to be a unicorn. We just, yeah. we just did. <clears throat> so uh, let's see. I want. I've got a lineup here. Oh, um, I like since Randy isn't since Randy isn't here, I figured one of us needed to have at least three drinks. So uh, I am going with some Four Roses single barrel barrel strength. Uh, oh, and I've got three stuff's good stuff. different three different versions here, and this is uh, my good friend Jordan Gatormson turned me on to this stuff. Hey, and this is this is good juice here. Mm. So I've got a bottle of. So the, basically, they break this down. There are ten. Is it ten different versions, Jordan? Ten different yeah. recipes, right? And so I've got three different recipes here. This one is the, and you can see. Well, actually, you can't see it because it's too bright. But this one is the OESK, um, which uh, was selected by Bourbon Street uh, Wine and Spirits, barrel number 11, uh, aged 10 years and seven months. Now, if you're looking on the this little, it comes with this little hang tag here. And the hang tag tells you all the different recipes. So the O, what did I say this was? OESK. OESK is uh, rich in spiciness and full-bodied. And it better What's be proof? because it's... Uh, uh, it is uh, one eleven. So that one is that one is one eleven. So that's the O E S K. I also have another bottle here. This one is the O E S V, 
which is a 20% rye mash bill aged 11 years and 10 months. The OESV is a delicate, fruity, fresh, and creamy is the profile that they give. And this one checks in at 58.8. So what is that? 117.6. And then I've got another one, Jordan, that I haven't even opened this Jeepers. one yet. And this, and this gets into the same thing where you're like, we, we collect this stuff. It's like, I've had this for like six months. I haven't even opened it yet. Um, and this is the OESF, which this one lost its hang tag. The OESF is uh, mint, fruity, and full-bodied. And that one checks in at um, 108 and a half. So I've got uh, three different ones here. I'm going to work my way through So 108, these. 111, and what was the, the highest one? Uh, like 116 and a half. So right. we're, yeah, 108, 111, and 117. So I'm going to start with the 108. Which Couldn't is you the almost one? say those are unicorn drinks because they're so hard to get these days? Yeah, almost. You know what, yeah. Matt? Actually, Matt, um, first of all, I'm posting my uh, La Polina Goldie <laughs> on the dojoverse.com real quick, checking into it because I'm not going to get to smoke this very often. Um, but, Matt, you you have done a good job of leading me into my first topic tonight Ooh. that we can well talk done. with Robbie and Jordan and you guys about. Because right before the show, um, Michael, I hope I don't say your name wrong, Zakovec, Michael Zakovec, who's one of my good buddies on Dojoverse. In fact, he's the guy that does the member of the week on Dojoverse every week. Such a cool dude. He's a Chi-Town Herf guy. By the way, there is a Chi-Town Herf uh, get-together coming up um, on, hold on, let me look real quick. Uh, there's a Chi-Town Herf May 20th. So if you're in the Chicago area, there's a Chi-Town Herf coming up, uh, get together in that area. The location is to be determined to ba- based on weather, but it's May 20th, 1 o'clock to 10 p.m. Anyways, Michael had this question, and I want to pose it to um, uh, Robbie first, and then we can just discuss it. Um, what constitutes a unicorn? Now, you'd think right off the top, that that's an easy question to answer. But if you think about it, it's not exactly an easy question to answer because, like, for instance, Steve Saka has a unicorn. It's called Unicorn. It's a cigar called The Unicorn. It's a $99 cigar. I have not had that cigar yet. It's called The Unicorn. But it, he does continually produce it. So technically speaking, it's is not- The Unicorn technically... A unicorn. Robbie, if I asked you that same question that Michael asked me right before the show, what constitutes a unicorn? What would you say? I, I'll tell you that you could probably ask 10 people and you're going to get 10 different answers. Um, it's like to me, it's just something that um, I don't know that it necessarily needs to be like there's a, a finite number of them or. Um, uh, you know, it was, it's not, it's not being produced anymore or whatever, even those are kind of the same thing. But I, I, to me, it's just, if it's something that's important to you that you've always kind of wanted to get your hands on, everybody's got their kind of Holy grail, whatever, in whatever it is. If you're, if you're a collector of anything, um, like I, uh, I, I'm, I've always been a collector of memorabilia and, um, one of the baseball cards that I always wanted 
like ever since I, well, not always, ever since I was like in my mid teens and I, I knew who he was, was a uh, Bob Gibson rookie cards, 1959 tops, Bob Gibson. And the 1959 tops are super simple. They're just, they have a color on the border. There's a circle cut out of it and there's a picture of the guy in the middle. And it's just a picture of Bob Gibson. And Bob Gibson was the most dominating, overpowering pitcher in the history of the game. They changed the rules of baseball because of Bob Gibson, because he was so good. They lowered the mound to make it so that hitters had a chance. This guy wow. was that good. Um, anyway, uh, that to me, like there's 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 hundreds of those floating around, thousands of them. But to me, it was still kind of like a holy grail, right? So when I finally got my hands on that card, I was super happy. Uh, so that's kind of like a unicorn to me, even though there's more than one. If that makes sense. Um, well, now it's funny. I thought I was. Thinking, yeah, but, oh, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna slow you down. Let's let's we will just dissect this Di- question. Dial it, dial it back. So. Never, I don't think anybody thinks that a unicorn is just one. Like, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if no. anybody has that tight of a. I mean, a it's it's got to be limited though. But I they mean, don't there's, continue there's certain... to make Bob Gibson rookie cards, right? So there is a fair, yeah. finite I... amount of Bob Gibson rookie cards. So yeah. even in that description, if they continue to make Bob Gibson rookie cards to this day, well, they make they make reprints. Worth, yeah, they'd but... be worth zero, right? They'd be worth zero. So I would say, and I'll, I'll, now this is where the discussion starts, and you guys can tell me how you think I'm wrong, or maybe I'm right. I would say mm-hmm. it does have to be out of production. It, it can't be. Now, you then you might say to me, well, Eric, then technically your La Polina Goldie number two is not a unicorn anymore because they made them again in 2022. But I'm just saying this is the unicorn of the 2012 version. Jordan, help me out. What do you, how do you, how do you, how would you answer yeah, that question? I think more on the objective scale, they just aren't produced anymore. Um, but that, that, that's, you, you know, that gets into weird stuff. Like you were just saying, like they re-released it, but yet we know that that was the, the batch that like, uh, existed in 2012 and they hadn't remade it for 10 plus years. And you can distinguish between the two, which release was which. Uh, but that because they did that, that all of a sudden gets into account. Like really, every cigar is kind of like that. They are made in these batches, mm, right. so you might be you might have like the Steve Sacco unicorn that you're talking about. Uh, that you know there was the first batch, and that's a unicorn because that batch will never be made again. The next batch was a whole separate batch, even though it's called the same thing. Uh, I think if you want to look at it more objectively, there has to be sort of a way to pinpoint. You know, like if you're actually able to say, oh, that's that. You know, that's that release. If there's a way to determine that, then it becomes more in the realm of a unicorn. Now, for sure, 100%, Matt, um, you are smoking for sure a unicorn right. because it's the Davidoff Dojo uh, release and that's it. There's, there was it's not coming back. There was 500 boxes. It's not coming back. It's for sure gone. Scotty, you have um, the Camacho Liberty Series. That was what, 2022? 2020, sorry, 2020, that's not coming back. So I, th- I guess my cigar is probably, me and me and Robbie's cigars are sort of in some sort of gray area, <laughs> a little bit, maybe so. Now, Robbie, I was a little nervous because you you started um, uh, in the media about the same time we did, around 2020, 2012, sorry, 2012. Mm-hmm. And, and you know as well as I do that cigars after 10 years – it's a little bit of a crapshoot if there's going to be flavor yeah. left, right? Yep. And part of me, I, I have some like 1980 Cohiba 
um, cigars. I was considering maybe trying one of those. They don't taste like anything. But they, they're just like paper. <laughs> this this La Polina Goldie number two, I'm telling you guys right now. Still got it? It's still got it. It has, I think because it's not a Connecticut, it the Habano has mellowed to a great amount. I can partially inhale this, which I like to do with my cigars. I know a lot of people don't, but I always do. I partially inhale. It is absolutely fantastic. I'd be really interested, Robbie, to try the 2022 to see if it um, bears well with this. But, Robbie, a lot of people ask this question, and I'm going to ask it to you because uh, I set this up this way. Um, what, what do you think is sort of like optimum aging time you know, for cigars? Like you hold on to these too long, Rob, and, and, and you can hold on to them too long, and they don't have what you think they might have. Do you think that that varies from, you know, blend to blend or what's sort of like, do you have a general thought on how long a cigar should age in your humidor before you just finally smoke it? Otherwise, you're just going to have paper. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I have a specific number. We've talked about this a little bit when we talked about uh, some barrel aged beers. Uh, I, th- I can't remember what episode that was, but we were talking about, excuse me, the um, <clears throat> the uh, Bourbon County Stouts. Uh, that come out every year and you know used to wait in line on Black Friday outside of Bevmo to be able to get my hands on one. Uh, now it's <clears throat> you know mid-May and I can find them at my local Safeway because they still have a box of them. Uh, so the, the production has gone up on those things. But um, that's not the point here. The, with, with beer, with uh, even with wine really, <clears throat> the, well, wine is really more about tannins and, and things like that. But with, with beer specifically, the higher the ABV, the longer you're likely to be able to age it. Um, but at the same time, if it's got different uh, flavor additives in there, coffee, vanilla, things like that, that's going to dissipate much faster than uh, than the flavor of the beer itself. So I think with the cigar, it's kind of the same way. Like if you've got a Connecticut wrap cigar and you've aged that sucker longer than, I mean, I'm going to throw out five years, maybe six years. I agree. It's going to start. Yeah, it's going to start being a downturn. I don't have any science to back that up. Um, I've smoked some Connecticut's that I know have been in my my humidor for longer than five years, and you get, you get sometimes you know you you when, especially when you're smoking an older cigar, you give it a lot more leeway, right? Uh, same thing like guys will do with Cuban cigars. It's like oh, it's super plugged, but they'll like power through it just to smoke it because it's a Cuban. I think you kind of do the same thing with some age stuff as you'll. If you're not getting that flavor that you're expecting right away, you're going to give it some time because you're going to think, hey, I'm going to get into the sweet spot of this cigar and it's going to be really good. Uh, with the Connecticut, sometimes like right off the bat, you can just tell. It's like, yeah, it's gone. You know, the ironic, the ironic thing about what you're saying, and I don't I actually I agree 100 percent with everything that you just said. But the ironic thing about what you're saying is for the longest time, people would say uh, League of Nine uh, from Drew Estate, the League of Number Nine. You shouldn't age it very long because after like five years, it'll get lesser. And that's like a dark, you know, Connecticut broadleaf wrapped cigar. So that kind of goes against what you're saying. But people would always say that. Now, Jordan, I don't know how true that is. I don't know if that's like something that we that is actually that we've actually yeah. d- experienced ourselves. I think that was just a preference thing. Like guys liked that grittiness of that. Like that's what the cigar signature was. So like, yeah, actually that cigar would stand up to age pretty well, but you're kind of missing out on the signature aspect of the cigar. Because the fun of it was like that bold, gritty, right. chewy kind of like almost like you can taste the grit in, in the smoke itself, like right off the bat. 
Um, yeah, that's that's interesting, right? Because um, I would you would think like maybe if there was like a generalized rule, Robbie, you could say like the lighter the cigar, the less you might yeah, age it. Broad strokes and the broader broad the broader strokes, right? I think with Liga, I think that was I always thought of that as a bit of a misnomer because yeah. it was the way that they talked about the stock cut process and you know how it's aged and that cigar once it goes out it's ready to be smoked right now and that was the way that they marketed it and that was the way that i always always anticipated or always uh, not anticipated always thought about that was you know these these cigars taste the way these cigars taste now is how steve Saka at the time and nick melillo wanted these cigars to taste for you so if you let them age you're going to lose some of that grittiness just like you were saying um, but I, I never really took that as well, the cigar is going to suck in five years. It's just not, <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's going to mellow out. It's going to be smoother. And in some, in some cases it's going to be a much better experience smoking it five years from now. I've got some, uh, man, I helped, when did I help build the freaking cigar federation store? When did that happen? Was that like 2000? That was before Drew Estate sold to Swisher. Or something like that. Yeah. Before they sold to Swisher, we had X amount of boxes of T52s. And, um, before I was, uh, uh, relieved of my duties, I guess, um, I, uh, I bought three boxes of the T-52s, you know, take advantage of that, uh, that company discount before they took it away from me. And, um, I still have some and they're still freaking delicious. They don't taste the same as, as, uh, T-52s that come out now, but that's because they're freaking 12 years old. Um, right. but yeah, I don't think that there's, I don't. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. I can be really wordy, wordy about this stuff, but I would say on a general rule, I wouldn't age Connecticut's that long. But like you say, the darker the wrapper, like the stronger stuff, the one, that, the more Lajero that it's got in there. Um, I mean, if you've got something that's jam-packed with Esteli Lajero, let that age a couple of years and it's going to smooth out. Six months, it's going to be like a 96. You know what I mean? Well, that gets into... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> inside, inside, uh, inside joke. Hashtag uh, inside joke. That gets into uh, why your cigar might be standing up. You know, it is sort of on the lighter side, Dad, but uh, that has medio tempo in it. Yeah. You know? So you you can't just judge it by its its wrapper all the time because, you know, you have to look into how what the fillers are made up of as well. Now, now before... Before we jump into commercial, oh, Scotty, I'm sorry. You I got was going to say, with all this talk about like aging and like flavors and stuff, how much do you think, and I'm going to ask both of you guys this, nostalgia plays a part oh, in how much yeah. you enjoy that cigar? That's such a great question. Because there is so much, I think, that's behind yeah. the memories or the difficulty to obtain mm. that makes those cigars whether they're good or not, right. that they make them that much better. I, I'm trying, yeah. Scott. But can't that I'm, work against itself, too? Like, it, it, it can. Such it a can. high expectation in your it mind. Like, you I can smoked set this the bar too high. And it was so stinking good. And then right. you smoke it 10 years later, you're like, ah. I think I, that's also some of the reason we power through some of those is because we want it yeah. to be there. Now, I I, I I totally get the question 100% of what, what you're asking, and it's a really good, interesting question. And I'm trying to separate myself from that while I'm smoking this and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm trying to wonder like, is this how I enjoyed it back in the day? Was it just because it was so hard to get that I enjoyed it so much? Uh, but that leads me to the question, Robbie, how are you enjoying that Opus X? Give us an update on that bad boy, that Lancero, that Phantom. Yeah, we're about, uh, I guess about an inch in on this. Oh, look at that. I got the focus right away. It's like, I've done this before. 
That was a total accident. But uh, smoking really nice. The burn is pretty good. Uh, it's got... <laughs> this cigar was released in 2002. Oof. So it's 23... Tw- no, that's bad math, Robbie. Wow. 21 years old. Give or take. This cigar could go buy a drink. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, it's 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 very like it's clearly lost a step, right? Oh, it's okay. Tom Brady last year. You know, it's not oh, really the best anymore, but he's still you know he's still getting it done. Uh, there's enough flavor in there. Um, it's super super smooth, and there's a little bit of complexity still going on. There's one thing that I like from Opus is there's that kind of I always get this kind of sourdough uh, kind of thing that hits the sides of the palate uh, that stimulates. Um, uh, stimulates saliva in the mouth. So it's a very, uh, you, you're, it does not dry out your palate. Like it's the exact opposite. And this, this cigar is still doing that. I'm still getting that kind of sourdough vibe. There's that spice, uh, from the, uh, from the Opus X that I'm, I'm used to. Uh, I'm not really getting a lot of that. I'm getting a little bit of a kind of a white pepper spice on the retrohale, not a ton. Um, it's, uh, it is subdued for sure, but, um, it is still uh, very, very tasty, super smooth. Um, it's, it's, it kind of dances on the palate nicely, very elegant flavors, uh, not too much of anything. There's some cedar in there, um, maybe a little bit of like a candied molasses thing, but that might be coming from the, from the uh, Four Roses. But um, this, uh, this first Four Roses that I'm drinking that the, uh, what, 109 um, proof, it's not it's not running it over. They're they're uh they're playing pretty well together. Um but it's it's definitely lost a step for sure. Right. But still super smooth. Uh, I'll go I'll go uh through the guys real quick. Uh Scotty, how is your Camacho handling? Your uh unicorn Camacho? You know, when these originally came out, I wasn't the biggest fan of them. They were a little bit rough for me for my palate, but three years on these and it's changed it a lot. It's actually a pretty decent smoke right now, other than it is a very large size cigar. Yeah. That's like a, that's a a Gordo. It's a Gordo. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, uh, Maddie, how is, uh, your uh, Dojo Davidoff smoking? I've never had a bad one of these, but this is the best one I've ever had. Uh, It's so good. I'm inhaling it. Like you said, it's it's perfect. You get a lot of like kind of nutty, salty nuts. Yeah. Definitely salty. Yeah. Creamy, it's so good. All right, Jordan, you have the Tatawahe TA 2012. Uh, classic. It's a. Cl- it was a classic back in the day. What do you think of it? Oh my gosh, it's so incredibly good. Um, it's uh, you know, it's changed a bit from that. You know, it was a lot of black pepper and earth back in the day. Um, I'd say now the black. Pe- it's still got like a good amount of zestiness in the in the retrohale. Like you can still you can still feel it up there. Um, I would say the black pepper is now more of a white pepper and the zestiness is coming from, from that and a lot of cinnamon. It's got a lot of cinnamon, but it's very well-rounded, um, cinnamon and like a, a full profile on the palate with like a creaminess to it. Um, it is just, uh, it's tough to, uh, over exaggerate this. It's really, really good. Jordan, out of the, um, all of the Tatawahe TAAs, which were excellent, uh, what do you think is the best one? Do you do you have one that stands out? Is this the one that stands out? I, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was just like when I came into it, but I, I can kind of remember the 2012 being like more sought after even than the 2011 than the original. I don't know if it was the size difference. I think the 2012 was a little bit longer than the 2011. Um, and this one was always my favorite. Um, 
I didn't, uh, there was a few years in the middle there that I kind of, you kind of get lost because a lot of, they started to repeat the sizes. Um, so for me, it was always the 2012. All right. So boys, uh, I have a, a, I have the killer question for you guys based on tonight's show. And we're going to get into some audience unicorns as well. But all of this talk just kind of reminds me of something, you know? Randy! Tonight's episode of Flavor Odyssey, your favorite cigar pairing show, just like every episode since season one, is brought to you by none other than Drew Estate Cigars. Drew Estate makes sure that we can take this pairing journey with you each Wednesday as we learn about flavor and pairing with cigars. This show wouldn't be possible without their unwavering support. Drew Estate the number one premium cigar brand in existence. The makers of Acid, Factory Smokes, Herrera Esteli, Undercrown, and the incomparable Liga Pravada. Drew Estate not only has a cigar for every smoker and every occasion, they bring an energy and style to this community like no brand ever has. Please support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate and ask for them at a brick and mortar shop near you. One brick and mortar that you will always be able to find Drew Estate cigars in is Smokin! Smokin is responsible for sponsoring all the cigars smoked here on Flavor Odyssey. Don't miss a true cigar experience with their courteous and knowledgeable staff and over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidor. Drop by any one of their 11 brick and mortar locations or visit them online at smokein.com. Like, it's like the ghost of Randy. He's How does just, he do it? The, he just shows up. The ghost, shows back up. The ghost of, of Randy passed. He didn't even have his glasses <laughs> on there. He, I, I actually think that that was like a 10-pound less Randy. Chad said, uh, how many Ooh, takes do you think wasn't... it took for him to get that recorded? <laughs> yeah. Asking for a friend. Nice. Um, hey, guys. Fantastic. I, I got to say, uh, Robbie, that... Um, it's not quite the same without our our good friend Randall, but we have to we have to power through now. Jordan, do we have any to power through? Oh, I got lots of stuff. Like uh, some guys, it was tough to find everybody because some guys are. We were supposed to use hashtag unicorn. Some guys are using hashtag pairing still. I'm I'm just trying to find stuff as they pop oh, up. All right, let's, th- uh, let's throw, throw a couple Kevin out there. Kevin Acorn, he's got the Mombacho tent. Kevin Acorn, did I say I like that? that? Kevin Acorn. Kevin Acorn with the unicorn. Kevin Acuff, unicorn. Uh, Kevin Acorn. I love it. Kevin Acorn. That's All the famer, Kevin, Kevin Acorn. I read the unicorn. You're right. That's what I did. Uh, <laughs> he's got the Mambajo 10th anniversary given oh, to him by wow. Robbie Ress Musinex. Wow. Uh, from 2016 and still smoking amazing. Robbie, that yeah. is incredible. Cool. Kevin is smoking that's, a Mambacho from when you were with the company. Cool. And don't you think, like, I mean, we said the objective unicorn thing earlier, but don't you think you can create your own unicorn just by doing that? Like, yeah, if you age yeah, any cigar. I think Robbie alluded to yeah, that. Yeah, like if you age a cigar for 20 years, that there's nobody else in, that's going to have that. Like, mm-hmm. that you've created there's, your own there's unicorn. Probably, there's probably, of that Mombacho 10th anniversary, there's less than 100 of those on the planet. I could guarantee that. Um, and and I only have like half that. Uh, no, I don't have any. Um, 
but uh, there's there's hardly any of those left. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, that's funny that uh, that Kevin Acuff remembers that that I gave that to him. That's cool. I'm glad that's still smoking. Well, that was a really damn good cigar, uh, Claudio. Man, he could blend. He can some blend. Cigars. He can blend. Yeah, he sure and could. I, but I gotta say, Robbie, uh, not to, not to um, brown nose you or anything, but when you were with the company, that was that was that was the pinnacle. That golden the, era. That was the golden era of Mombacho. Oh and yeah. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything if you don't just want take to. It in. Robbie, just take it in. But just, I, I, just I'm, I'm, in. I'm being as honest. I'm literally being was, as yeah. honest as possible. That was the golden era. That's when the uh, of that brand, uh, Cosechas, started coming out. You, like that you, was the time. You did an amazing job with that company, and and you should always have that as a nice little feather in your. Don't make him cry. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know, but it's true. It is true. No, I, I, I appreciate it. It was. I. It's funny. I was just talking about this today uh, with my current boss. We were driving up to do. Uh, some uh, barrel tasting um, wines uh, from some of our barrels that are uh, up uh, in Petaluma aging. Uh, and it was uh, a unique experience for me. I've never done that. We tasted like 35 wines straight out of the barrel. Uh, it was uh, interesting. Um, but uh, be that as it may, uh, I miss that. I miss those times, man. I loved yep. that job. I loved it. It was so much fun. Uh, I got to just run around and hang around with uh, cigar <laughs> smokers all day, every day. <laughs> And and I'll tell you what, the, I, I believed in the company. I believed in the people. I believed in the product. Uh, it's a shame um, that uh, it's, you know, things have changed so much. I haven't smoked any of the Philly stuff, so I have no idea. But um, I, you know, I wish them all the best, obviously. But that was, thank you for saying that. I uh, I would agree. I think that was the heyday of the company. It was. Uh, I think yeah. we were firing. We were, Mo Malley is the uh, national sales manager. Um, I feel like we were kind of firing all, on all cylinders for about about 18 months there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then things started to change, unfortunately. But thank now, you. Now, uh, Robbie, Jordan, Scott, Matt, I have the age-old question. I'm going to bring the age-old question into this debate tonight, and I want all the uh, Facebook uh, viewers and YouTube viewers to chime in as well. Tonight we're smoking unicorns. Now we all know what a unicorn looks like. It's this. Just Jordan, show the graphic real quick. Show the graphic. Uh, you've got the unicorn there with yeah. its horn. It's a horse, basically, with a really sharp horn. But there's another animal. There's another mythical animal that is very similar. It's called the Pegasus. Now, the Pegasus has no horn, per se, it, at all, but it has wings. It's and it got can, wings. It can fly. Now, Robbie, I want to start with you. In a battle to the death... Who wins, a unicorn or a Pegasus? Now you got to think of their, you got to think deep into their strengths, their capabilities, their weaknesses, and just determine if you saw these two mythical creatures having to battle to the death, who would win, a unicorn or a Pegasus? <laughs> this is a fantastic question. I remember watching Clash of the Titans. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid with Harry Hamlin. Yeah, I know and, that. I, I know mean, that, that was uh, with the little the little robot uh, uh, owl that he had sitting on his, his shoulder. And I was so terrified of of uh, Medusa and, yeah. you know, release the Kraken, all that. Uh, and he's and, you know, he's he's uh, riding the Pegasus. Um, but what, when you really want to tug on the heartstrings when it comes to horses, I'm an Artex guy, man, and uh, Artex, uh, you know, died to the sadness. You guys don't know Artex? I got no response from that. No? <laughs> no? Is that we no, know Artex, but he's not a unicorn. 
It's he's a, neither. He's just a white yeah. horse. That, that so you're, talk, you're talking about never ending, uh, never ending story. Never ending story. Yeah. Oh. Um, what was the kid's What was the kid's name? Atreyu. 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 His horse loses to both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's unfortunate. The fight against the sadness, Artex. Uh, stupid horse. Um, <laughs> I would go. I, I mean, if I got to, if I'm, I'm putting odds on this, a Vegas situation. I got to go yeah. Pegasus. Because I think I got to go Pegasus. Because I feel like. He's he's got the height advantage. He's gonna have reach advantage because he's got the height, and he's he can use the you know his, what do they call him pedals feet? What do you got? Hooves. 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 He can use his Those hooves. Are hooves. Um, <laughs> I, I just I, I feel like the impaling device that the unicorn brings to the table uh, is not the superior weapon there. I mean, think about it. If if you if you've got wings, if you can fly, and I have a sword, who's gonna win? Well, that's a Probably good point, you. Jordan. What do you think, uh, Pegasus or uh, uh, Unicorn? Who's Pegasus, gonna... you know, he's got the maneuverability, and he can, you know, he, he can kick him and everything. But you know, I think the Unicorn stick and move, just, stick and move. He's just standing down there, like just waiting for the Pegasus to stop flying around for a second. He haunches down. Yeah, he just he just waits him out, you know, and like, but when when the Pegasus finally comes down, he's done. Scott, Matt, well, I got to go Pegasus because in all. All representations of a unicorn, they they usually just die for some stupid reason. <laughs> they, they never win a fight; they just die. They do seem quite fragile. And Pegasus is so strong. I you think know? we it's find like reality. like yeah. unicorn horns on the beach. They've right. just been left there. So the Pegasus is gonna win because it's actually a horse. All right, Scotty, what do you think? Oh, I'm definitely going Pegasus on wow. this one. I mean, unicorns yeah, can't boys. even make a boat. I mean, seriously, <laughs> they they miss the boat and literally and. They're no longer, so I just feel like they are the lesser intelligence-wise as well. Now, I'd have to say... The Pegasus made the boat? I'd have to say, if I was one of the two, I'd want to fly, like, because you could, like, what Robbie said, like, he could kind of, like, you know, like, bounce in, bounce out of the fight, you know, because you have wings, but you don't have any way to, like, finish the battle. That's what worries me. Um, oh, I say they just, as he just does a drive-by and just start a flailing hooves at him and just catch him <laughs> in the side of the head, and that's it. Uh, Jordan, do we have do we have any audience opinions yeah, on... They're, fl- all, they're flailing divided, hooves you know. would be a, divided. a great punk band. <laughs> flailing hooves is a great punk band. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Uh, Jordan, do we have any uh, other unicorns being smoked unicorns tonight? Have what, yeah. what can we talk side? about? Well, uh, we've got Randy Harricorn, uh pairing. Randy Harrison. I know. Oh, okay. Come on. I like it. <laughs> uh, Padron, 1964, 45 years with the Penelope Rose cask finished bourbon. Very chocolate-covered strawberry vibes. Nice, Randy. Uh, we got Stephen Mosacorn pairing the Ninjaragua. <laughs> Ah, nice. Mike Haken's got the M Bombay Gaia with the. Oh, Robbie, whatever happened to M Bombay? What's up with M Bombay? Where'd what, they go? You, you remember how big they, they were was for good. a while? Like Costa Rican uh, cigars? Like I, I can't remember that. Who's the guy's name? What's his name? The, yeah. Um, Mel. 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 Yeah. Something. It was Mel something. But I remember him. Super nice guy. Yeah. And the cigars guy. were solid. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what happened to them? That's know. a good question. He's pairing the guy with the uh, Sassanet <laughs> Scotch. The Scotch really brings out a buttered cream flavor out of the fine and uh, out of this fine in my last M Bombay, which I've had for a number of years. Uh, we've got Steve Toth. 
He went with uh, Lido Gomez, small batch number seven, paired with Topo Chico. Ooh, the cigar nice. has dark, oily wrapper with notes of leather, cocoa, little pepper, and some earthiness. The retro has mild pepper with more cocoa. The Topo Chico pairs well, cleansing the palate as I'm burning this little gem. Went with this unicorn to celebrate the two-year anniversary of the crash that yeah. changed my life. Yeah, Steve Toth is a uh, race car driver. Uh, me and him kind of uh, have a unique uh, uh, bond in that we're both into uh, uh, auto racing. He got in a crash, and in that crash, um, when he went to the hospital, he found out that he had cancer, and he's since been um, cured of his cancer. God bless Steve Toth. We, we love you so much. Um, one of the all-time greats on the Dojo Hall of Famer. Um so thank you, Steve, for that. Hey, guys, I'm going to start my second unicorn. This is Jordan, Ooh. the Ooh. Room 101, one shot, one kill. Let me see if I can get that. Oh, there it is. There it is. Now, now here's the deal, guys. A lot of people think that they've got the uh, unicorn one shot, one kill, but it's actually the Edgar Hoyle. Mm -hmm. You can tell this, uh, this is the original Room 101 because of the graphic on this. Yep outer sheath which is just a, a a really cool uh skull drawing the the second one was sort of like a leopard print um you can kind of tell the difference it has like a leopard print or whatever that's the edgar hoyle version uh this is the falero now jordan i want you to as i'm opening this jordan i want you and matt to talk a little bit about how amazing and remember remember this era this cigar changed the trajectory of the dojo i feel like it, when we sat down at that fire and smoked it for the first time yeah we we didn't even know cigars could taste this good well it came from a batch we had each been tasked with buying two five packs from smoke in and uh this was one of the five packs that i bought uh <laughs> and we were all trying to experience new flavor experiences from these cigars that we got and the osak was the one that stood out with it had that like this savory kind of super meaty. savory, but then like uh, and as you got going, it like was backed by like a toasted campfire -y, marshmallow, campfire toasted marshmallow yeah. kind of vibe that none of us had ever really had in a cigar before at the time. It was just kind of opened some new doors for us, and uh, and it became you know a kind of a legendary dojo cigar at the same time. That I think was the best. We all agreed that that, that Valero was the was best really size best. as well. Right. This is a, a very dark Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. The binder is a Corojo Honduran uh, binder. Fillers are Dominican and Honduras. It's a four and a half um, by 52, 42. Depends on what part of the cigar you're looking at. Um, it's a Petite Perfecto. These were, guys, these were $8 at Jeez. the time. $8 at the time. This is uh, released in January. 2012 Robbie can you remember the release of this and can you do you have a similar thought on what these were like back in the day and how uh how much people like sought after this particular cigar I remember that cigar because the first time I smoked it I hated it really I I hated it um I was like and I don't know if I just had a bad one but it just tasted just like burnt ass like it was i remember how bad it was it was because and i remember like you know it's, what it's, burnt ass tastes like it's well it's you know it's it's an acquired taste um it's uh i i remember because this was what year was that that was like 2011 no 2012 this was this was right when we were i was getting started right around the same time yeah. as you and yeah. and as you're putting your opinions out there you start to get 
a little bit self-conscious because people are starting to listen to what you have to say. And, uh, and I remember everybody loved that cigar and I tasted it. I was like, do I just not understand cigars? Cause this thing's freaking terrible. Um, and then oh, uh, God, Logan, so uh, my partner from uh, yeah, original Lawler. Cigar Chat, Logan Lawler, uh, he sent me another one. He's like, dude, you have to smoke another one. And it was the bigger size. It was almost like, mm. I don't know if it was like a six inch. I don't remember what the, the different Vitolas were, uh, but I still have one. He sent me two of them. Oh, dude. And, uh, and I smoked that second one. I was like, okay, now I get it. That first one that I smoked was just, there was something wrong. I don't know what it was. Uh, but the second one I smoked was amazing. And you're right. When you talk about that was the first time, and I don't know if I reviewed that or not, but I remember that was the first time I used that I equated a cigar to like barbecue. Yeah. Like I had never, I yeah. had never tasted that kind of meaty, just like yeah. you said, meaty kind of salty uh, flavor. And there was like a, almost a hickory vibe to that. Totally. And it was so damn good. Um, I still have one. And actually I thought about smoking that cigar for tonight's show, but I have no idea where it is in my humidor. I know I have one, and I know it's a, it's in one it's in a box somewhere, but I have no idea where. Now, this boys, um, if you're watching the show on Facebook and YouTube, maybe you're new to cigar smoking. This is back in the day when Matt Booth was with Davidoff, and I gotta say, even still to this day, this is Matt Booth's uh, ultimate cigar. It is so amazing. It's aged wonderfully. I still get that um, very savory, uh, barbecue-y kind of meat flavor. There's a bit of salt. There's a, a lot of umami with this cigar. It gives you so much depth and complexity, Just even just barely lighting. I've, it's a Calero, so I just barely lit that tip there, but it's absolutely fantastic. This cigar is fantastic. Jordan, uh, let's go through our pairings. What do you think of the beer, Jordan, with your uh, Tatawahe TAA 2012? Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the pairing so far? It's pairing really nice. Uh, the beer is like in the barley wine kind of category, uh, but like much more fruity even than uh, like a normal fruity uh, stewed fruit kind of barley wine. Like you're getting like raspberries and blueberries and like um sort of like sometimes it almost tastes like a grape soda like with the carbonation um there is that like teriyaki sauce kind of vibe that you were talking about but mm -hmm. for me it's mostly like um uh stewed fruit and uh that kind of stuff going on it's pairing really nicely with the cigar adding a little bit of sweetness to it uh the body's matched pretty well it's fantastic great for me now matt I'm, I'm really curious about your pairing matt because you have what i would consider like a, a salted nut roll sort of cigar but you're pairing it with a beer that has a very very distinct flavor what do you think of the pairing so far the pairing was great i finished my beer the beer was so good and it, it didn't overpower the cigar at all the cigar was still really i mean neither of them like worked together in a, a a way that would be like, oh, this is making it better, but neither was bad. Like the beer was still great, a lot of that grapey, juicy flavor. I did, the smell of the beer wasn't anything like the taste of the beer, which is interesting. But the cigar still is as strong and as good as I I wanted it to be. So the pairing was great. All right, Scott, you got the 2020 Liberty Camacho Liberty, which is sort of in the same vein. Um, I think you're a little bit more Corojo forward with yep, yours. A little bit more Corojo behind uh, it. But what do you think of that pairing with that beer? Oh, dude, this was spot on. It was killer. I mean, for me, it was those, I'm getting those blackberry preserves type flavors off of the beer. 
And you know, like, and Matt nailed it. The nose on the beer is not what the flavor is. So you get that on the nose, but then those sweet flavors come through. And this with the Corojo has just got that nice bit. There's that nice little bit of woodiness, nice spice, but everything is mellowed out, man. This is one that I wished we had two or three more of those beers so we could just continue this on for the rest of the night because this is just nailing. All right, Robbie, it's up to you, my friend. You have the Opus X Lancero Phantom paired with several different versions uh-huh. of one of my favorite bourbons of all time, the Single Barrel Barrel Proof Four Roses. How is it going? What can you tell folks about this pairing? So I've got through. I've gone through. Uh, I'm on the second one. So I started with the OESF, which uh, is uh, we came in at what 108. And that pairing <clears throat> was okay. I think the cigar needed some time to uh, to warm up, and I needed to get more into the uh, into the middle portion here because uh, all of a sudden the flavor really has ramped up in this thing in mm. kind of a stunning way. Like it's 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 come back with a vengeance in the last probably like half inch. So I'm I'm kind of approaching the center point on this thing. You know, I'm still a little bit short of uh, of center, but uh, this thing smokes. Uh, really slow, and I've I've been I mean I haven't really been uh been taking it easy on the cigar I've been puffing away, and I'm gonna be smoking this for about an hour after we're done here, um <clears throat> so the first pairing was okay I've moved on to the uh, again four roses uh, single barrel barrel proof, um, and this one is the O E S K which is listed as a spicy and full body. And it's about 111 proof. I was worried that this was going to overpower the cigar, but I'm getting these kind of caramel notes from the from the whiskey. And there's this nutty character that's popped up in the cigar. So this is kind of like a a payday kind of. Mm. Oh, uh, I love that like description. A, yeah, like a payday, like maybe even kind of trending towards like a peanut brittle situation. This is really damn good. Um, and this cigar came out of nowhere, man. The first inch, I think I was being kind of nice at the beginning. I was like, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's hanging in there. It's all right. It's Tom Brady in his last year. He's still okay, <laughs> but not great. Uh, we're, we're getting into uh, uh, 2021 Tom Brady here when he's, uh, mm. you know, most touchdown passes in the league. This thing, I'm stunned, frankly. This cigar is 20 years old, and it's still uh, it's still packing a punch. I am curious to get, like, I, I, I kind of don't want to get through this and go on to the next one, but I will. Uh, you know, just for science. This is for science, right? Like, a, we gotta, <laughs> we have to follow through on the experiment. Science! So, I'll, so I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna finish up on this one, and then I'll uh, start sipping on the last one, and I'll check back in here in a minute. All right. Uh, that that leaves me an opportunity to ask Jordan this next question. Jordan, there's a lot of people watching on Facebook and YouTube right now, and I'm gonna ask this to you, and then I'm gonna ask it to Robbie. I'll I'll let uh, Robbie think about this while you're answering it. Jordan, out of the cigars that are coming out right now. Imagine us in 10 years from now, what is a unicorn that you, that you could buy right now that you'd be excited about in 10 years from now? Are there unicorns coming out right now that you'd think, oh, I'm going to hang on to that particular cigar for 10 years and I'll be on a show just like this tonight Ugh. in 2033 um, that you would be like, is, is, there, is there one or two that you could think of? That you would say, like, right now I should buy, like, a box of those and save them until 2033. Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Really? No. 
No, you can't. That's think a of tough question, That's man. Tough question. It is a tough question. <clears throat> Because it's it's funny we can all think back to certain like certain cigar stuff we're smoking tonight. One that if I had uh, this cigar I would have smoked it was the Tatuaje tenth uh, anniversary Bella Ancre Reserva. Uh, that particular that particular Vitola that particular blend that wrapper that cigar. I wish I would have bought you know five or six boxes. They came in these sweet little boxes mm. had a little zipper thing on them. They were it was I should have bought you know, at least a box of those things. And if you're, you know, some, there's tattoo heads out there who have them, but uh, for the most part, you're never going to see that cigar. Um, and I saw that the, the Bella Ancre was the Bella Ancre is the Tushla is coming out in that size. Mm-hmm, and nice. if that is going to be, that's limited. I don't know if it's limited, but that might be one. And you know yeah. me, I'm a, I'm a tattoo hound. Um, <clears throat> I think a cigar that I would love to always, and I'm just going to stick with my Mount Rushmore here at the, the uh, Illusione uh, Hot 10. Mm. Uh, I don't know if those are limited yeah. in any way. I don't know what the production is on those things. Uh, but that's a damn fine cigar. Um, maybe even going back to some of those uh, Illusione one-offs. Uh, I don't know if they're remaking those or what, or if those are still in the market. But that's a that's a fine cigar that I could think that, you know, five years from now I could kick myself. And five years from now I'll be old enough to break a hip if I do that. So uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, but those are, I mean, those are a few that, that come to mind. Uh, I think that would be an interesting exercise for us to do when we're at PCA this year, uh, see if we can, uh, maybe do like one of those stock market shows, but it's more on a specific cigar. Like what cigars are we hoarding? Because we feel like they're going to be really good, uh, in a handful of years. The, The cigar that Randy smoked, um, on the uh, the episode last week was a twenty second hour to midnight or whatever the hell. Yeah, wait, uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Because oh, I getting ahead of myself. Because that's I my, haven't smoked that cigar. That's in but my. I hear, that's in well, my yeah. three. Almost I, everything you guys have mentioned are just regular production cigars. I know, but hold on, hold on, Jordan. I have no. That one's not twenty yes, two minutes to midnight. Like, I mean, it's is, is small it? batch. It's, it's small batch. Here's here's the three. Here's the three that I would grab and, and try to age. Is the 22 minutes to midnight Habano from last year? I would age that. The Generoso, Ferio Tego Generoso from 2021, I would age that. And then finally, the EPC uh, Pledge. I know it's it's not a unicorn because they make that every year, but the I would age that because it's a dark cigar that was fantastic when it came out. I feel like in 10 years from now that that thing could be an absolute banger. So those are three. Um, and remember, we have a loose definition of unicorn here. I'm so going to th- add a fourth to that. Oh, I want to hear it, Scotty. I want to see what the A.J. Fernandez New World Dorado is mm. in 10 years. I feel like that cigar is just going to turn into something special as it sets. I can't stop smoking that cigar. Oh, dude, I know. I've got to get another box. That, I have one left in my humor. That cigar is very, very unique. It's one of the only, it's one of the most unique cigars I can think of. Matt, what do you? Well, I was going to say 10 years in, we know how good the Dogma smokes. So oh, what about the Dogma 10? That's a great, that's a great mm-hmm. one. That, that'd be a good one. The Dogma, the Dogma Maduro is one of the cigars I always tell people is a perfect cigar to age. Because like after about three years, Robbie, that cigar gets like a sweetness that it doesn't have initially. And it does change. Like there's not a lot of cigars that you can say like, oh, you know, like people say like, oh, age your cigars, age your cigars. But a lot of times like you, you, you age them and it just tastes the same. Or maybe it tastes, you know, lesser. The the Dogma Maduro is one of those cigars that you can absolutely age, and it just gets better and better with age. 
that's a cigar I should have smoked tonight because I still have the some of those OG dogmas because they've got the square uh, yeah, logo right. on the back. That's right. Um, and I still have a couple of those. That would have been a good one to pull out. And it's funny we talk about what makes a what's a, a unicorn and what isn't. I also thought, but this I felt like this would be way too self indulgent. Um, <laughs> I I still have. Uh, four or five of this, like, no, I don't have that many, probably like two or three of the cigars that I blended on my first safari trip. Mm-hmm. When I, <clears throat> when I went, uh, and, um, uh, Willie Herrera helped me blend it. Like this is 2013 and there's only 10 of those cigars ever made. So right. uh, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough for anybody else to make them. So that's a unicorn uh, was, of unicorns, <clears throat> right? Yeah. But then it's a little, uh, it's a little self-indulgent as you guys can tell. I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, solidify the window situation here in, uh, Crystal Lake studios. And in a second here, I'm going to have a nice beam of sun right across my face. Jordan, how I'm about gonna get better at this as we go? How <laughs> about Jordan? I'm going to throw out another one for you. The, uh, psychedelic turtle two. Uh, Maduro version of the psychedelic turtle. Yeah, that seems that a great to me as a a one that you could age and have some fun with in ten years. Do it, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I right, keep Robbie. going back to Tatuaje, and I'll I'll stop. But the um, <clears throat> the creature, and I don't know if Pete mm. is going to release that as a standalone cigar. But the only way that you could get it was in the Monster Mash. And oh, yeah. so uh, that was part of the Monster Mash. I don't, I don't know if he's going to release that as a single uh, uh, release or not. But even if he does, the ones that came out in the Monster Mash are all going to be different than the new ones because it's not the same year tobacco, all that stuff. So that's a, that's a good one that could potentially become a, uh, a uh, unicorn down the road. Jordan, how about the um, Davidoff Diademus 50? Talk about that. Fantastic. Uh, highest rated cigar on the on the doge cigar doge.com tied for the highest at least yeah that, that i haven't smoked one in uh probably three years that's curious to know how they're doing is incredible uh robbie what a fun show it's so fun getting to smoke some of these cigars yeah. that we haven't smoked forever the one shot one kill the osak og from matt booth our good buddy matt booth you're smoking the opus x uh, Jordan smoking the Tatawahe TAA 2012. Matt is smoking the Davidoff Dojo version cigar. And Scotty is smoking the Camacho 2020 Liberty Series. What an incredible episode. You know, Robbie, it, it, sometimes you just got to pull the cigar out and, and smoke it. You know, right? You got you to gotta enjoy that bad boy. You've been aging it. You might as well have some fun with it. You know, I liked one thing that, uh, that Scott said uh, at the beginning of the show. It's like, you know, I'm, I've... Had some 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 life changing stuff happen, and uh, now I'm just I I'm, I find a reason to to smoke these uh, these unicorns that I have in my humidor, and so it was a struggle for him to find one, which I think that's that's such a great attitude. Um, I mean, who knows? You never know when you're going to be if, if this could be the last right. cigar I ever smoke. Who knows? Uh, not to get morbid, but um, <laughs> there, I mean, there's like we save these things for a reason, and and it's it's so easy. We do these mental gymnastics to come up with reasons not to smoke this cigar that I've been aging for six, seven, eight, nine years. Smoke it. Doesn't matter if it's a special occasion. That's what, I feel like we should do these maybe on a more regular basis. Yeah. Just to if for no other reason than just for us to go in and smoke some of the stuff we've been wanting to, and now we have an excuse to do it because right. we feel like we need one. You don't need an excuse to smoke a really good cigar. You should always smoke a really good cigar. Absolutely. All right, Robbie, uh, let's get to uh, what's going to happen a week from tonight on Flavor Odyssey. We'll get back to where we were. Tell folks how to prepare 
and what they can look for in their local liquor store so they know exactly what they can pair next Wednesday night on Flavor Odyssey. Absolutely. We will have uh, our good friend, uh, <clears throat> the beer doctor, Randy Griggs, the back in the doctor. house. <laughs> and we are, I don't know where that, I don't know where that came from, but I like it. Uh, we are um, going with a, he said fruited kettle sour. Um, basically, the style is just, it's a kettle sour. Any kettle sour is going to be, it's an American style fruited sour. Uh, and there's a specific way that it's made um, that is uh, easier than, you know, a barrel aged sour. Uh, that uh, uh, that some breweries make. So uh, look for anything that says kettle sour on it. There's a ton of them that are going to be made by your uh, local breweries. Some of them might just be on tap. It's a style that's been around for a few years, and it kind of ebbs and flows. Like it's uh, it's it it gets really popular, and then it kind of just goes by the wayside a little bit, and then it kind of surges back in popularity. It's a good uh, summertime uh, beverage. It's always going to have a fruit component. Some of them will have lactose in them. Uh, so they'll have a little bit of sweetness to them as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna, it's an American style, so it's fruit forward. It's going to be tart, but it's not, um, overly so for the most part. Uh, but that's what we're going to be drinking next week. Kettle sours. Now with that tart, uh, note, Robbie, just to help folks out, uh, cause they're going to be wanting to pair cigars with us next Wednesday. <laughs> Do you have any guidance for something that's tart like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no I, no it's we've tried doing sours before it's, we talk about bitter being really hard to pair with sour is is uh is just the same <clears throat> and then you throw the, the the kind of sweet fruit component uh in it as well you start to run, get into like a weird territory it's part of me says stay away from maduros and then the other part of me says dive headfirst into maduros like i don't <clears throat> it's it's such a tough it's such a tough uh I say uh, you dive concept. into the Maduro. Mm, Jordan find, yeah, says I mean, dive in. Find a Maduro yeah, that has go. a stewed fruit component to it. Go for it. Yeah, maybe go with something with some stewed fruit, maybe some chocolate. Um, but you could also go with something that's got kind of a maybe a, a, a nutty, a creamy character to it uh, that could take on some sweetness. Uh, that could be pretty good as well because, I mean, you know, fruits and nuts and sweet, that's, that's, those are all things that are going to work out pretty well. Uh, so maybe some of that creamy texture can uh offset a little bit of that sweetness it's gonna it's not gonna be the cucumber beer craig um you were we've learned our mistake uh of letting randy <laughs> choose uh certain it wasn't even a cute was a cucumber <laughs> gin and tonic what the yeah, hell was, was he thinking um <laughs> was the but, worst, uh, that was the worst drink ever on flavor yeah. honestly for sure yeah it really probably was um this but this week is going to be almost as tough to pair as an agroni jordan so um i <laughs> yeah. think I think just you know go with what your heart tells you. All go right, with Jerry Maguire. And what what does what, what your heart? Maybe go with you? an acid. There you go. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, that before, could be interesting. That actually uh, could be interesting. I don't know. Before we let uh, Robbie take us out, as we do on Flavor Odyssey, because he's the man uh, on uh, Smoke Night Live uh, two nights from tonight, we will have Fred Rui on the show of Illusioni oh, Cigars, and also Randy Griggs. He's going to show up on the show as well. We are going to do a snack foods uh, face-off. And so we'll have 16 of the best snack foods, and we're going to narrow it down to the best absolute possible snack foods. Jordan, we're talking We're talking. if you were driving 18 hours, Jordan, mm -hmm. and you pulled over into a gas station and you got Pringles, you got Doritos, you got Funyuns, Funyuns. that type of you stuff. Slim you got Slim Jims. You got Slim Jims. What is the ultimate 
snack food that you would buy at a gas station. We're not talking about cookies or candies or candy bars. We're talking about, you know, chips and uh, crackers and that sort of stuff. So we're going to have a, a, a 16 seated bracket, which I will post probably either tomorrow or Friday morning. And you guys can start to see the bracket um, and you can make your own predictions and how it will go. And there's nobody like Fred, Robbie, in the industry that is more in tune with bacon and snacks and that kind of stuff. So he's the perfect guy, Robbie, to have on this episode. So tune in Friday night for the Snack Food Face-Off. Beautiful. I'm a I'm a cheese it guy. All right. It's I like in the big. I like there. Like like it's what do you what do there. you get when you what do you get when you're getting on a plane? I always get a, a bag of cheez its and a, a roll of of the uh, the fruit Mentos. As mm. For whatever reason, those are the two things I get when I'm getting on a plane. So I go. think of that as the same the same situation. Big cheez it guy. I can't keep like I would get the big box of cheez its at uh, Costco. You know the big like 18 pound box of cheez its <laughs> and. And I just sit there like Jabba the Hutt, just eating those damn things all day. It's just they got cheese crumbs all over me. Like I, it's it's a terrible, terrible scene. If you walk into the house and you see me doing that, I'm in a very dark place and I need some help. But uh, it's uh, I'll I'll tell you what, some Cheez Its are banging. But that'll be a lot of fun. Fred is one of the best. Uh, Do we have pork rinds in there? No. Mitch, oh, Mitchell Santaga said pork rinds. Yeah, we have pork rinds. If we, I mean, doesn't it, win this, maybe I, I, maybe I we throw something out and throw uh, something pork rinds in there. We'll see. We, you got to get beef jerky in there too. I mean, beef, you don't jerky, have any jerky. In beef jerky is in there. Beef jerky is in there. Crave, yeah. crave beef jerky yeah. is is one of the. Con- you got you got to get the jerky. Crave is the ultimate beef jerky. Um, just to just to finalize my pairings, I went through the yes. last uh, the last single barrel here. This was the O E S V, which is what the hell. Uh, I should know all this. It's delicate, fruity, fresh, and creamy. Um, this was probably, yeah, baby, hey now. Um, this was my, I think, my second favorite of the pairings. My least favorite was the first one, uh, which was the uh, the OESF. But that second one, I'm going to pour uh, another pour because I still got half of this cigar to go, boys. And uh, Dana is wow, up in Tahoe. It. You barely Jeez. got into that thing. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I'm just right yeah. in the middle. Uh, Dana's in Tahoe, so I'm just going to sit out in the backyard and smoke nice. the cigar. Ooh. And uh, and maybe plug in an audio book and just check out for a few hours. But uh, um, this was a lot of fun, man. I, I I enjoyed doing this episode. I think we should do these maybe on a semi regular basis. Like I said, to get us to smoke through some of this fun stuff in our humidors quarterly. And yeah, hopefully, let's do it. Yeah, hopefully it uh, prompts you guys out there to uh, to dig into uh, to your treasure troves and and uh, and pull out something special as well. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, Eric, thanks for sitting in. For our good friend Randy, we'll be back at uh, full strength next week. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Kettle Sour, that's going to be a tough one, so we'll see how yep. that goes. But uh, thanks again for tuning in. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next Wednesday as the Odyssey continues.